You're listening to A Strange Arrangement. So I'm a drummer by trade, but the past couple of years I've been teaching myself how to play guitar. I got this cheap used Ibanez guitar covered in random paint splotches. Apparently the previous owner had a Jackson Pollock phase. I don't know. And you know, not shredding solos just yet, but getting there. Anyway, for a long time, I've just been playing with a guitar and an amp. No crazy effects, just a clean tone to start. Then I was talking to my buddy Trey, who also plays guitar, and he asked me, have you been playing with any effects yet? And I said no. So he offers me his old distortion pedal to play around with. It's a Digitech hardwire valve distortion. It's this heavy orange metal box about the size of my hand, with knobs and levers indicating normal things like high-end frequencies and volume level, as well as not-so-normal things like crunch. And I thought, cool, this will be fun to play around with. So I went home, plugged it in, turned on the crunch, and went at it. It's honestly so much fun to play with. I love messing with the different levels and seeing what kind of different sounds I can get out of it. And this one box, it only scratches the surface. Those who play electric instruments have a seemingly endless number of sound options to play with. Guitar players in particular have an intimidating amount of pedal options that can flip their music around every which way. It's become a standard in the guitar player's lexicon. In fact, Berklee College of Music even has a class devoted to the subject of guitar effects. But these effects, these electronic triggers meant to process the signal sent by electric instruments, could we use them on non-electric instruments? What if we wanted to drastically change the sound of... a flute? This is Ann Fung, playing a Van Halen solo on a flute that's plugged into a number of pedals. She regularly performs with a number of bands, using guitar pedals to detune, distort, and otherwise alter the sound of her instrument, creating new layers and textures of sound to expand the palette that she can perform with. I reached out to her for this podcast, asking if she would be interested in using her flute and her wide range of effects to arrange a song. I thought Amazing Grace would be a nice one to work on. It's an old tune that's still performed a lot today. Here's a little bit. So I sent her an email asking if she had time in her schedule to just arrange a little something and talk about it. And she said, maybe. She was in between traveling for several shows, and she had a small window of time where she could commit to it. I thought, okay, well, if you can, here's the song, here's the process, etc. And I didn't hear back immediately. And I thought, okay, it's, it's a lot of work, it's tight, I totally get it. 
And then a few days later, I get an email with attachments to not one, but three different arrangements of Amazing Grace. Points for extra credit. Each one uses effect pedals in different ways to change the sound of the flute and to give the song a drastically different feel. So let's get into it. Here's Anne Fung talking about her arrangements of Amazing Grace on this episode of A Strange Arrangement. My name is Anne Fung. I am based out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I am primarily a flute player, although I do play other instruments. Mainly what I do is I am a freelance musician. I do tour with um, certain bands more regularly than others, um, those being Twisted Pine, Jared and Freeman Fox, and The Opposite of Everything. And then I have a couple of my own projects, and I run a couple of my own social media accounts that I will post just like stuff I do for fun on there. I actually recently got into effect pedals and um, recent, I guess maybe it's like been a few couple years now, but um, I've just been experimenting with that. And I just kind of sat down and just picked a couple pedals and just, I don't know, to see what I could do with it. And there was no plan really. I just, did what I felt like doing, and that's really just how those three came about. And like, there is no particular order. I just that's the order I did it in, and yeah, they're just kind of like came out of just me messing around with the knobs and um, being like, okay, I think this is cool. I'll record this, um, and and we can go into each individual one um, specifically because I think they they all kind of had different thought processes, even though they're all like coming out of me just messing around. But yeah, all these miniatures, they are just me playing the melody. There's no, that's it. Like the arrangements are like melody on top of melody for the most part. Okay, so for this first miniature, I use the Montreal Assembly Count to Five in the New Neighbor Immerse Reverberator. The Immerse Reverb is just to add some reverb, some vibes to the sound. Um, where the actual arrangement comes in, I think it's all the Montreal Assembly Count to Five pedal. And that pedal is a pedal that I actually get asked about a lot because people get really scared of it it's really um unpredictable and there's just a lot of knobs that you know you turn it one way one day and it seemingly does this and then you turn it there the next day and you know something else might happen and you're like i don't get how to use this pedal so it it's i get it because it, it is really you kind of have to like memorize the entire pedal and I'm still you know learning that pedal I think I I think I have a pretty good grasp on it but it's it's a really confusing one so that's why I picked that one because it is it's kind of a mystical one I think and um 
by the way, when I was trying out that first miniature, it was like I just sat down. That was like the first thing I was like, I'm going to do one with this Countify pedal. And I did a few different takes and they all come out really, really different because the way the pedal reacts to your playing is so um, unpredictable. But I think because it does that, it's such a great creative tool because it forces you to play with it. So what I'm essentially doing is reacting to what I'm hearing as it reacts to me. So um, all I'm doing is playing Amazing Grace straight up. Like I'm just playing the melody. I have it set to play um, a tritone down. Well, it like kind of stacks on tritones. I had it on the tritone setting. I just felt like I had that, um, you know, that devilish sound that people know. And <laughs> and Amazing Grace is kind of like not really that vibe. So I, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. And, um, you know, the pedal would just do whatever it did. And I just reacted to it. That's it. It's the melody and me jamming with this pedal. <laughs> yeah, that's the first one. And now... Here's the first arrangement. The second one, I use, let's see, the Chase Bliss Audio Mood. I used the Hotel Wally Looper, and I used the Digitech Whammy. And for this one, I recently acquired the Mood because Chase Bliss actually reached out to me. So they actually sent it to me, and it was really nice of them. It was just like... A pedal that was more dense and complex, actually not dissimilar to the count to five that I explained earlier, but this one just has it's very it's laid out very clearly, but it's also such a huge undertaking to just understand the entire pedal that it just feels like at a certain point, what the hell do I do with this pedal, you know? That's also another reason why I was like, okay, I want to use this pedal and see what I can do with it. I play the melody. When you hear the actual flute being played, that's the melody that I played at real time. 
And what the mood does is add like this higher octave delay. Um, and then I, I played just the melody once through with this higher octave delay that's kind of like spasmic. There's no time, really, you know? Um, and then I looped that with the Wally looper. And then below this texture, I played, again, the melody with the whammy on octave down. And that was that arrangement. And now, here's the second arrangement. What considerations do you have to take into account when you're creating a multi-textured piece of music with multiple layers using the same instrument for each of those? I mean, I, I use the whammy all the time because it puts my instrument in a lower octave, or it can put it in various intervals above or below but i think the separation of of the octaves make it you know here's like a bass this is like the bass instrument even though it's still my flute or here's the well what would be like a piccolo but it's my flute with with these pedals so i think that's a good separation i mean you can still have other separations even if you don't separate by octave you can separate with texture you can separate with like articulation there's like really a lot of ways or you don't have to even separate um you can do really anything but it's just like i guess at the end of the day it's like what what do you want out of it and what do you want it to sound like and for this i just was like this needs to be mellowed out this is like wait this is like frantic energy that needs to be mellowed out so i'm just gonna do this low Melody, but maybe you know, maybe I want it to be frantic, and maybe I wanted to add another layer of frantic to it in in that octave. I could have done that, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. How did you? How did you get started doing this kind of stuff? And then, do you have any recommendations for? acoustic instrument players or traditionally non-electronic instrument players who might be interested in 
like how they would get started doing this kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. So for me, I, you know, I was trained classically and also in jazz. I went to school for both. But I mean, originally it was classical and I think it was actually really hard to exit that at first because, you know, I think that's just like the, the mindset. Not, not always, but for me growing up it was. And um, But then, you know, I started listening to other music and I, I really wanted to be a part of other things. And, and actually I have a funny story where I, I was actually doing a, I was playing a competition and I, I think I was playing a Mozart concerto and I didn't, you know, you have to give the music to the adjudicator when you play. And I didn't have any music for one of the cadenzas. So I just improvised the cadenza. And at the end he was like, oh, like great cadenza, but like next time just give me the music. And I was like terrified to tell him that I had improvised it because I just didn't think I was allowed to do that. <laughs> um, but now I'm like, oh, well, like, that's not wrong. In fact, you should always be exercising your creative mind. And and I think once I realized that, it just felt like the world was, like, limitless in terms of just making music because really you can do whatever you want. Like, there's no wrong or right. And I, I truly believe that. And I, I think... I understand when people are, you know, there. You can play bebop, for example. Like th that's a language. That's a specific language, and you know, bebop. If you want to learn that language, sure, there there may be like a wrong or right. But when you're playing music, there's no wrong or right. You just it's a form of expression. So that's kind of how I just slowly evolved from playing classical, playing jazz, playing other genres, getting into kind of more, you know, pedals, electronic stuff. Just it's just me kind of like reaching at things I wanted to try. And that's I think where I got like or how I got to where I am today. And it it doesn't have to end there either. Like, you know, my interests change all the time, like every day. So there could be a day where I'm just like, okay, I'm like kind of done with this for now and I'm actually going to try this. And that that's just like how I feel about me going through life anyway. So, um, and I really encourage people to just not feel like stuck or, or bound to one thing just because it's like the conventional way to do it. I think you can always explore and this goes beyond music too. Like you, you just have to explore to see what you want to do in life and how, you know, and, and, and approach it your own way. Like, I think that's also important because I, for me, I had a few people who helped me along the way, but ultimately I'm, I also am like doing my own self-discovery with, with the help of, you know, people or the internet or whatever, but you also have to like kind of carve your own way through it. Yeah, so the third one, I just was like, okay, like, I just want to do something kind of more chill. Because those pedals are kind of like, yeah, I felt like I was like, I just need a little break. <laughs> the third miniature, I, um, you know, I, I have, 
I, I have training in jazz, so I was like, okay, I'm just gonna do this little like solo swung flute ditty um, by myself. And originally, I was like, oh, maybe I won't even use pedals. But then I was like, oh, I want to do a little bit. So I added. Basically, I played the melody and interjected it with call and response almost, and like imp- implying like what the chord may be. That's what I did. So the second half, or like I guess going into the second half, I added the whammy just for a bit more harmonic interest, I guess. But, uh, and I like, uh, you know, I think it sounds cool. I think I could have done it either way. You could do it either way. Um, yeah. And now, here's the last arrangement. A very special thanks to Anne Fung for being a part of the show. Now, if we wanted to see more electric flute stuff in action, where could people find you? Okay, so you can check me out on Instagram, on TikTok. It's a n h dot t dot p h u n g, and I just post fun flute, flutey things on there. You can also check out some of the bands I am in: Twisted Pine. Ohm House, Jaron Freeman Fox and the Opposite of Everything, Luca. I also have a Jethro Tull cover band. It's called Tull Stars. By the way, you can find links to all of the pedals that Anne uses in the episode description. A Strange Arrangement was produced by me, Rob McCarthy. I edit and mix the show, and I wrote our theme music. Our artwork was done by Daniel Joel Newman. You can find more of his work at danieljoelnewman.com. Special thanks to Elizabeth Stahl for notes and for the voice that you hear at the top of the show. Be sure to check out our website, asamusicpodcast.com, for sheet music, artist bios, and ways to get in touch. Next time, we get even jazzier on an old song that might be older than you think. So check that out on the next episode of A Strange Arrangement. Should we do a clap? Like, I know it won't be like exactly the same, but so you kind of have the start of it at least. Yeah. Sure. Okay. You can do, we do it at the same time. Like one, two, three. Excellent. There was like a, a solid second in between, but. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs>